Hey there, my name is Kathy, and welcome to my podcast, That Chronic Thing. I'm here to share my experiences living with chronic illness, including ME-CFS and MS, and offer support and advice for dealing with similar struggles. This show is a resource for anyone looking for support, advice, and a sense of community as they navigate life with chronic illness. I know firsthand how hard it can be to adapt to a new way of life, managing symptoms, finding a new rhythm, and doing this all while you're going to a gazillion doctor's visits. But through my own struggles, I've learned to find joy and laughter along the way, and I really hope you can do the same. So join me and other chronic illness warriors as we tackle the ups and downs of living with chronic illness together. Hey everyone, this is Kathy. I am so glad that you're here today. In that intro, you just heard that this podcast is for those with chronic illness. However, I want you to know that everyone is welcome here. I think everyone can learn from this podcast and I am so happy to have you here. Hello everyone. Good morning, good evening, whatever time it is, wherever you are. This is Kathy, and I am back with that chronic thing, episode number, I don't know, because I, episode number five. And that voice belongs to my friend, Allison, who is joining us for our episode on friendship. I'm not sure. We haven't titled it. Um, Allison and I have known each other for 12 years. Earlier today, I mentioned to someone uh, that we were talking with that we've known each other for a decade, and she corrected me and said, no, 12 years. So there you have it. I like to be accurate. She likes to be accurate. So we will have a lot of accuracy coming out of today's chat. I would not say interview. I would say chat. Yeah, that would be hella weird if you interviewed me. Well, I, I could try, but... Um, Allison is a bit of a, um, I'm very curious to know what you're about to say. I I wouldn't say no at all because you could punch me and I'm within arm's reach. So, but I would never do that. You said way more annoying stuff than that. And I've never punched you. (laughs) Okay. Um, So we've known each other for 12 years and, um, what would you say is the nature of our friendship? But that, that sounds weird. We are, we are friends. We met in a brunch group. Yeah. I mean, I consider you one of my very closest friends. And yeah. I and as I've told Kathy, um, you know, one of the beautiful things that I think that we have in our friendship is that we can really just be completely ourselves with each other. Like all we can let all the annoying bits hang out. And we do both of us. And the other one just sort of grumpily, but cheerfully goes along with it because that's who that person is and we love all of each other um and that's hard to find you know you know even in your own family that's hard to find so I guess the level of comfort that we feel with each other to just be completely real is um is very precious to me as is Kathy I I agree all of the above yeah and um just for like a little context on me, as Kathy has may or may not have accused me of being a know-it-all, which is certainly not the first person to say that. I was going to cut that out. Well, I was going to use it to talk about my autism. 
Oh, okay. We'll keep it in. Okay. Um, so anyway, yeah, I, I am a know-it-all, but in my experience, there are two kinds of know-it-alls. There are the people who are know-it-alls because they actually know a shit ton of stuff. And then there are people who are know-it-alls who just can't say they don't know. So they just make stuff up. They're bullshitters, right? But they just, they're incapable of saying, I don't know. And I'm definitely the first kind. I have no problem <laughs> saying I don't know if I don't know. But I also have a, a very, um, I have a very high level of retention memory-wise. Um, you know, I can memorize things incredibly easily and, and remember things in incredible detail. And uh, uh, I even took a, an, a, a test through the University of New South Wales that they're doing a study on what they call super recognizers, like people who have incredible memories for visual details. And I scored within the top 1% of people. So... My memory is very detailed. This annoys a lot of people because I remember things in very detailed accuracy. And But um, it also can be really convenient as I have really bad brain fog a lot of the time. And she's kind of my brain for me a lot of the time. So it works out well at, cer at certain times. Yeah, exactly. So like, you know, we, we accept, you know, she accepts that sometimes that's a thing that's annoying about me and sometimes very useful and you know, it's nice to be accepted, I guess, is what I, is what I mean. And but yeah, so um, as I mentioned a second ago, um, I uh, I am on the uh, autism spectrum. Um, I've also dealt throughout my life with uh, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, uh, bipolar disorder type two, uh, obsessive compulsive disorder, and post traumatic stress disorder. Um, so I've had, you know, I, I have, I have not had the kinds of challenges that Kathy is facing and has faced in terms of physical ability, but, uh, I relate to a lot of what she talks about in her podcast, um, just from my own experiences with my mental health, um, and my executive function, you know, talking about masking and not, not knowing other people, not knowing how to react and, 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 you know, sort of the depression of, of feeling like you're not doing what you want to be doing. Um, and I, I think that's what makes it so that, um, it gives me a little more insight into how to really be an ally to Kathy while she's going through this for however long, you know, or the up through the ups and downs. I, I'm not completely sure, you know, what, what guidance to provide to our, um, friends and family that are listening, but that's why I have a friend here. So I think what I'd like to do before we get into guidance is talk about what it was like to maybe watch my health change and like how it affected our friendship, because I think that may provide context, you know, what our friends and family are going through. Um, and then we can take a spin on it and think about how uh, we can each maybe be better um, to, to each other. Um, and, you know, I didn't do a disclaimer at the beginning of this episode like I try to, but uh, you've probably been hearing tippy tappies from Sadie walking around. That's my dog with dementia. And she's just she's just hanging out, you know, walking around. So if you're hearing those, I'm really sorry. Oh, and also Allison and I have coffee cups, so you may be hearing us drinking from our coffee cups. I finished mine. Oh, okay. Well, then it's just me. What was it like watching Kathy's health change? 
oh, what was it like? So, I mean, yeah, it was, it was, um, it was hard. It was, you know, it was really hard because I'm, I'm, as Kathy knows, like I'm a fixer. I'm a problem solver. I want to make things better. And there was nothing that I could do, um, you know, watching it happen, you know, and, and I knew Kathy for many years before things got, you know, started to go into serious decline. And, and she, she always had to manage health stuff. She had Crohn's from when she was in college. So, you know, there was always an element of chronic illness, but, but it didn't, um, you know, it, it didn't prevent her from doing the things that she wanted to do. Now being her, she was always still dissatisfied with the level of what she was doing. She should <laughs> be, she should be socializing. She should be dating more. She should be doing this more, right? She should it all over herself all the time, but that's just, that's just who she was at the time. I think she's starting to learn better now, although she still does it even now chronically ill. Oh, I shouldn't get DoorDash. And I say through that, take your joy where you find it. Um, so anyway, yeah, she's a shitter for sure. But, but she, you know, she, she was, she had this career that she loved and she was really good at it and very highly respected by her peers and, um, you know, and had been with the same company for a very long time, um, and had sort of a career path there. And, and, um, you know, at the same time, uh, she talked, she talked about her small business, um, and that's something that I was very involved with, uh, with her from the start. And, and, and I guess that probably actually now that just now it comes to me as I'm thinking about it, it was our work with your small business. I think that really highlighted the physical changes for me the most dramatically because, you know, we would do events for the business, uh, you know, a couple of times a year, two or three times a year, maybe in the beginning more in the first couple of years of the small business, we were doing multiple events a year. Um, and then, then we kind of went down to like two or three major events a year. And then it was not, you know, and it kept, and, and I know how important this cause was to her and like this business and how much of her creative passion had gone into it. So I knew she would never like willingly scale back if she had the capacity to, to do more. Um, and if you know, if you knew Kathy at all, like it's the same thing, like her work ethic is uh, kind of annoying, actually. Like <laughs> there was an incident at one of the shows about a notepad for an email list and it couldn't just have the plain brown top of the notepad and needed to have a ribbon glued on it. And we had quite a little tiff about that. But anyway, I'm just saying when she does something, she likes to do it. When she does something, she does it all the way. And and this, in, this isn't just in career stuff too, you know, like she, you know, we, we had our, Kathy mentioned the brunch group that we met in. Um, and it was, it's a group of girls that were, you know, we are all still friends, although like we're at much different places in our lives than when we met in our late twenties. Um, you know, we are all still friends. Some of us have moved away to other places and we definitely have a very different, you know, we, but at the time, we were very socially active. We hung out all the time. You know, we had not only had our brunch every week, we, we socialized all the time. We offered dinner for drinks, for dancing. Um, you know, we were dating, you know, we were, 
you know, just doing what young jungle girls in their late 20s do, right? Um, and we, we did a lot of, uh, like, friend get-togethers, too. We had parties at people's houses. We had regular game nights. Um, the, you know, Kat, you know Kathy, Kathy loved her life. She had a great life, and, and she made the most of it. And I, it just, I know she would never choose this. She'd never just get, get bored and be like, I don't want to do anything, right? So so having to see her cut back on these things that were so important to her and, you know, just the limitations for me was were frustrating as I'm a little codependent and, um, you know, wanting to be able to make things better for her. Um, you know, but ultimately, I, I feel like I did find, um, you know, lots of ways to sort of try to show up for her um, in some cases, you know, drawing off my own experiences, dealing with depression and my own mental health struggles and what I wish I'd had from people or what I, what I got from people that was really meaningful. Yeah. So does that, does, sure. good job. Thanks. Um, you know, I can just keep going forever. You, you'll just keep going. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think friends of chronically ill individuals should know? So I think what I talked about a little bit in the previous one is like, first of all, recognize this is not a choice. Do not question, you know, especially, you know, Kathy's talked about in earlier episodes about the invisibility of it. Just because you can't see it, like you don't, they don't need to prove it to you. So, you know, don't, don't minimize, um, no, no toxic positivity, right? Uh, you know, don't, no mind over matter shit, like nothing that's going to then put the burden on them to, to prove their illness to you. Like the, the indignity of that is so discouraging. And as someone who's dealt with very serious mental illness throughout my life, I can directly identify with that because lots of people think it's a made up thing and you really just have those character defects. And so, oh, well, is it really that you can't work or are you just lazy and you don't want to, right? Like I can, I can assure you <laughs> that if Kathy could work, she would be working. She loves to work. She's like a little worker bee. I would never have called Kathy a workaholic. Like she knew how to have healthy boundaries in her life and allow herself time to relax and, and um, unwind. But she really enjoyed working and she she feels proud of the results of her labor she takes pride in her work she puts her best into everything that she does so you know the idea that somehow like this would be like exaggerated you know so just like throw that whole idea out the window you know it's not for you to decide and you couldn't possibly ever know for real anyway because you can't be inside that person's mind and body so the first thing i'd say is believe what they tell you about their experience unconditionally and without skepticism no matter whether it's obvious to you or not. Um, that's just a matter of human dignity and, and respect to me. Um, that's probably a pretty basic level one, but, it, you know, I just want to throw that out there because uh, there are people who will yeah. approach things in that way. No, it is it is a big one, and it is something that you would say is, like, basic and should not need to be said, but it is probably the one that needs to be said the most yeah and a corollary of that is the some version of the well at least you're not blank 
just don't. You know, um, they at already... At least you're not dying. Right. At least it's not cancer. Right. Um, that is so invalidating. And they already know that. You don't need to remind them they don't have cancer. Like, they're aware of that. It's like Kathy's talked about her gratitude practice in, in an earlier episode. And, like, that's their responsibility to be aware of the blessings in their life. Like, they don't need you to point it out to them when they're trying to tell you about their struggles. Um, and that's kind of what I would go along with what I mentioned is the, the toxic positivity. Like, yeah, let's all take it for, for red that there's someone else in the world who has things worse than us. Does that make our struggles irrelevant? Not to us. The most valuable thing you can do is just acknowledge and listen. Be like, yeah, that really sucks. I'm sorry you're going through that. Alongside of this, don't offer advice. Have you tried this? You should do this. If I were you, I would do this. And I say this as someone who is a recovering, like unsolicited advice giver. Um, and there's like a lot, you know, there was a, 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 a re, you know, a, a good reason I was the way that I was. And it goes back to, you know, childhood trauma, which I'm not going to get into. So I wasn't trying to be, I wasn't trying to make people feel bad, but it does make people feel bad. And the irony was I hated it when people gave me unsolicited advice about my mental health, for example, like I talked about, I had depression. Have you tried this? I'm like, I have tried literally, I've been researching brain science since I was 12 like I know more I bring new research to my doctors like don't tell me what you think I should try um and I heard a quote recently that really resonated it said unsolicited advice is criticism always so the underlying message when you're telling someone they should do this or have you tried this is you're not handling this the correct way um you're not you're not doing a satisfactory job in handling your situation. I know more about your situation and how to handle it than you do. Um, so it's just it's when you think about it that way, it's really not the message you want to send the person. You want to respect and trust them enough to assume that they know more about their situation than you do and that they are informed enough to make good decisions for their own care. Um, so, you know, really just just listen and ask questions um and and just sit let them let them be honest like don't just just uh just just be there with them and 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 listen you know i i saw this quote some said something like attention is the rarest and purest form of generosity just give them your full attention but on a more practical level some of the changes I guess that have happened in our friendship have just been like I said mental reflection on my part I'm like hey y'all it's Kathy I'm here to interrupt and let you know that we are about to go over my committed 15 to 20 minute episode length so I have no choice but to cut off Allison and push her to next week's episode next week we'll talk about some of the things that Allison has done in our friendship to really help me out things that are a bit more practical. And then we'll talk about some of the things that have changed in our friendship, like going to events or not going to events when I am too sick. Anyway, it's great to hang with Allison and it's great to hang with you. And I really hope that you've enjoyed this episode. 
So until next week, if you need to reach me, comments, questions, love letters, you know the drill. Instagram at Healthy Madel or at That Chronic Thing. I hope you have a low symptom or even better, no symptom week. Take care.